This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The fight has begun for Jerusalem. Those are the words of the Palestinian Authority Prime Minister Ahmad Karay. And he said it is a dangerous war. But that was in August of 2005, my friends. Mm-mm-mm. 18 years ago. Five years later, Arut Sheva, Israel National News headline reaffirmed the battle for Jerusalem, noting so goes Jerusalem, so goes the peace process. This opinion commentary in Israel National News came plainly. It presented the controversy confronting the nations. The focus on settlements or the occupation has now taken a backseat to the focus on Jerusalem itself. And it's a bloody battle ahead, as you know. The battle for Jerusalem will truly be a dangerous war, said the former prime minister of the Palestinian Authority. No war in the history of mankind will have had more momentous impact. At stake is the final battle for King of the Mountain, who will rule and reign over planet Earth, starting from the Temple Mount. I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. And those words were the opening paragraph in Chapter 22 of my book, King of the Mountain, that came out 10 years ago. 10 years ago, the eternal epic end-time battle. And friends, what was said in that book, has been happening and now is happening in spades with the attack of Hamas, the open, notorious, egregious attack of Hamas on Israel to destroy and to take dominion, to take dominion not just over Israel but over Jerusalem, which the Palestinian Authority heretofore has declared should become the capital of the world over which Islam should reign. I'm looking right now at uh, chapter 22, a headline called World Capital or Israel's Capital. Consider the implications of September 22nd, 2000, in the Jerusalem Post. The Palestinian National Assembly spokesperson called Jerusalem to become the capital of the world. He said it's high time the world grants Jerusalem this title and function. He said it's not that big a deal. All of the stuff in New York City, the United Nations, all of that could be transferred to Jerusalem. It's just this function worked in New York. It can also work in Jerusalem, he said. And so, from the standpoint of the Palestinians and the Arab world, the Temple Mount is theirs. It cannot be shared. It is theirs. And the battle lines are drawn. The world is facing its moment of truth and is staging its final battle in the Valley of Decision. Indeed, the day of the Lord is near in the Valley of Decision, just as the prophet Joel foretold. 
So it's a moment of choice for the world, the world and its leaders, and the prognostications and viewpoints are not difficult to come by all over the world. I'm going to share some of those with you here today as we talk about this attack that has taken the world by storm and taken Israel supposedly by surprise, hard to believe, that uh, this most advanced technological uh, society there in Israel that has some of the most sophisticated uh, intelligence could have missed this. But then how did the United States miss the 19 renegades coming from Saudi Arabia to attack the United States World Trade Center towers? 19 of them seem to escape the view the understanding of the CIA, the FBI, and all other investigative sources in the United States were unable, apparently, to detect what was happening to destroy the World Trade Center towers and to attempt to attack the Capitol itself and also the Pentagon. Is this the same as that? Some people are saying that this is worse than 9-11. What has just happened is worse. Well, I'm not here to say whether it's worse or not worse, but the reality is it's revealing that things are happening just as God said they would. In fact, President Herzog there in Israel said to the world today, More Jews were killed in one day during this attack than at any point since the Holocaust. More Jews killed in one day, 800 in one day. More Jews killed in one day than at any time since the Holocaust back in the mid-1940s. Who would have ever believed it? Well, you would have believed it if... You have been reading the Bible. Of course, if you have not been reading the Bible and all you're told, maybe you're reading the Psalms or maybe you're reading the Proverbs, but you haven't read the rest of the Bible and you really don't care much because it's not telling you what you wanted to hear. That's the reason why most pastors will not talk about these issues because they know that people just don't want to hear it and so they won't tell them. So they're people-pleasers. Not God-pleasers, but people-pleasers, and it's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. So this question came from Chuck Norris. It came today, could Hamas attack on Israel spark Armageddon? Could it spark Armageddon? Well, what is Armageddon anyway? Armageddon is a place. It's called Har Megiddo, and it's up there in the northern part of Israel. Uh, It is under Mount Carmel, or Carmel, however you want to pronounce it, the place where Elijah challenged the 400 prophets of Baal. And it is called Tel Megiddo. It's an elevated area, not that elevated, but elevated, over what is called the Jezreel Valley. And the Jezreel Valley, also known as Ezrahan, also known as the Valley of Megiddo, 
is the place where some major, major battles in history have been fought. And it's referred to as Armageddon in the book of Revelation, chapter 16. But here's my response. No, I do not believe that this attack on Israel is Armageddon. When you talk about sparking Armageddon, one wonders what kind of time frame you're really talking about. If you mean that it's going to immediate spark it, no, I don't believe so. Because it's going to occur much later. I don't think it also is going to, is revealing the battle of Gog and Magog of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Why? Because that battle is for the purpose of taking a spoil. Unless, of course, the spoil of Jerusalem will be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. And I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Indeed, this attack by Hamas is a a secret attack, by the way, seemed to have been hidden from view from the detection of the IDF, Israeli Defense Force, and all of their security apparatus. But one wonders how that could possibly be. There are those who are suggesting that this actually is an attack to redouble the efforts of the globalists. That really this is connected to a much bigger picture uh, of globalism to uh, create a one-world government, a one-world order. Uh, This article came from Leo Holman. uh, Globalists open second front in World War III. Attack on Israel activates zero hour around the world, and America is not immune. Well, I agree. America is not immune. And we've been trying to say for many years here on this program that America and American Christians need to be prepared uh, for what is coming. And, indeed, we're seeing what is coming. Israel is seeing what is coming. And, quite frankly, if you were to read... The prophets concerning uh, Jerusalem, you would find that there's going to be such a battle for Jerusalem that uh, a third of the city is going to fall. And the women are going to be ravaged. The Bible tells us this. And I don't believe that this particular battle is that battle because it's going to be forestalled before Hamas gets into Jerusalem in any meaningful way. Jerusalem's too far north for them. Uh, Their rockets have not been really attacking there, but have been attacking the Southland, Ashkelon, and so on, just north of the Gaza Strip. But I do believe that this is part of a greater uh, globalist picture that we need to understand whether this was calculating, uh, calculated by the globalists or not. I'm not prepared to say. How the IDF, Israeli Defense Force, got caught napping 
I do not know. I have no explanation, and neither does anybody else. There just seems, seems to be no way that the most technologically modern, most adept, most highly trained security force in the world didn't see this attack coming. So it's conceivable that somewhere along the line, this was known, this was understood, and perhaps allowed in order to uh, take dominion over uh, Gaza and over Hamas, and it was the triggering force to allow that to happen. But now Hezbollah is under Israel's eye in the north, in Lebanon. And this very day, uh, because Hezbollah is a much larger group, I think about 100,000 terrorist renegades up there that are clients of Iran, financed by Iran, uh, they then were upping the ante, had been building special tunnels uh, to be able to pass through the border of Israel without detection. And so the Israeli Defense Force has been up there uh, trying to blow up some of those tunnels and to prevent an attack from Hezbollah in the north, which could be much more severe than the attack from Hamas in the south. But both of those are clients, shall we say, of Iran. Iran dedicated to destroying Israel. Now, here's what's interesting. And you don't hear much about this. But you know that Joe Biden has been in the process of trying to, shall we say, prepare his... uh, his destiny, that which he would be remembered by, by bringing about a peace agreement between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is the heart of Islam. That's where Muhammad came from, the heart of Islam. So if Israel were to be able to establish some sort of a settlement peace agreement, with Saudi Arabia, it would seem to be a very big deal and might echo through the Muslim world. Well, Iran doesn't want that to happen because Iran is a uh, serious enemy of Saudi Arabia. In fact, Saudi Arabia fears Iran and says, if you allow Iran to get a nuclear bomb, then we're going to have to get a nuclear bomb because they're way too dangerous and they want our... They want to eat our lunch. But why is it that Iran would want to eat Saudi Arabia's lunch if they're both Islamic? It's because Iran is not Arab. Iran is Persian and believes that they are entitled to resurrect the ancient Persian Empire in the name of Iran to rule the world. Saudi Arabia are Arabs. Iran believes that they are entitled to rule the world under the name of Islam. Therefore, Saudi Arabia is to be destroyed in the mind and heart of Iran. Therefore, you can see how this attack by Hamas would help to facilitate Iran's motivation to undo Joe Biden's effort to bring a peace agreement between Saudi Arabia and 
the United States, and Israel. I believe that that's at the heart of this, is to destroy that ability and to throw such confusion and chaos into the mix that that will be set aside and perhaps forgotten. Whether that will ultimately be set aside or forgotten, I cannot tell you. But what I can tell you is that Barack Obama entered into an agreement between the U.S. and Iran, if you remember, supposedly to frustrate or prevent Iran from getting its nuclear weapons. Well, it really didn't do that. It was to delay its ability to get nuclear weapons for by about 10 years. Barack Obama, as I recall, shipped over to Iran $150 billion of your taxpayer money. As an inducement to allow Barack Obama to gain the reputation for history of somehow resolving this nuclear crisis. He gave them $150 billion. Now, Joe Biden has done a similar thing. He just sent over $6 billion to Iran in exchange for, I believe it was four or five American hostages, a hundred, excuse me, six billion dollars. Now, how do you think Iran is using that money to finance this attack on Israel that is Iran's ultimate arch enemy? Because Israel is the only democratic country in the Middle East the only truly democratic country in the Middle East. And the U.S. is connected with Israel, having been the first nation to recognize the state of Israel in 1948, thanks to Harry S. Truman. Iran cannot and will not tolerate that. Iran has dedicated itself to the utter and total annihilation of Israel. But Iran doesn't want to do it by herself. Iran wants to use these other, shall we, we'll call them clients, but in reality, they're terrorist slaves of Iran. To do the bidding and the will of Iran. They're being used by the Persians. They're Arabs being used by the Persians like slaves to do their nasty bidding against Israel. That's what they are. We need to call it what it is. Stop playing games. Stop pretending. Don't do what the Canadian news agency said, and that is not to refer to Hamas as terrorists. Why? That's what they are. They're dedicated to terror. That's their purpose. It's been 50 years now. 50 years since the Yom Kippur War, the Yom Kippur War, that was a secret attack by Egypt and Syria and Jordan on Israel. Israel won, but barely. It was so sudden 
and attacked on the most holy day of the Israeli calendar, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. This attack now came on the final day of the Feast of Trump, excuse me, the Feast of uh, well, Sukkot, Tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles. The most joyous day of the entire Hebrew calendar. Maybe that somehow answers the question of how Israel got caught off guard, at least part, in part. But that's what they did. They chose that particular day in order to attack Israel. This now was the greatest attack on Israel since Yom Kippur, since uh, the Yom Kippur War in 1973. But this is a different kind of war. Thousands of rockets rained on Israel from multiple directions. Hamas gunmen invaded the land by sea and by sky, and hundreds of people were murdered and kidnapped. It's pretty amazing. You're seeing the images of it. You're hearing things about it. But it's gotten so severe that the Israeli defense chief today ordered the complete siege of Gaza. He said, we're fighting barbarians, and we're going to respond accordingly. Announcing that the Israeli Defense Force, Operation Swords of Iron, will carry out and complete a siege of Gaza. There will be no electricity, food, fuel, or water that will be delivered to Gaza. That's surrounded on three sides by Israel and Egypt. This is a big deal, my friends. And you're going to hear... Many within the United Nations come out and try to stop Israel from uh, cleaning up the uh, Hamas and from this attack and whining and complaining, well, you know, let's be nice. Let's be No, you can't be nice with terrorism. You can't be nice. It's war. Benjamin Netanyahu declared war, and it's war. You might want to say it to yourself. This is war. You know, we talk about biblical or spiritual warfare. But in reality, we don't really see it as war. It's kind of a little skirmish. We don't really see it as war. Because if we did see spiritual warfare as war, then we would be more intense about it. We would take it more seriously. But we don't take it that seriously, especially in America, because... Well, we just don't think it's that serious, not that big a deal. But it's war. The U.S. now has sent its largest aircraft carrier to the Middle East and military aid on the way to Israel. The Pentagon is sending aircraft in its largest aircraft carrier uh, to the eastern Mediterranean in a show of force to support Israel in its war against Hamas terrorists. Now, that's a pretty big deal. U.S. sending its largest aircraft carrier off the coast of Israel. Just to the north is Syria. Syria has a connection to the Mediterranean just north of Israel 
And there, Russia has a major, major military seaport. Russia secured that so it would have dominion there in the Mediterranean over Israel. When will Russia make use of that? Most likely in the Gog and Magog War, of which I do not believe this is because the Gog and Magog War is for the express purpose of the nations involved, which includes Russia and Persia and Libya and Gomer and Tagarma and so on, to take a spoil. Now, what would that spoil be? I believe it's oil. And Israel does not yet have that oil, at least to... There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcasts live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Before we go further and I get caught up in all of the various uh, articles and pieces of information that I want to chat with you about here today on Viewpoint, I want to make available to you my book, King of the Mountain, because it speaks so specifically to this issue. Chapter 22 speaks specifically to this issue, and it's called The Battle for Jerusalem. And, uh, in fact, the entire book actually speaks to this issue. And it was written 10 years ago. People cannot believe this book was written 10 years ago because it is right up front current right now. So if you want to understand the greater dynamics of what is taking place and why it's taking place that is not yet being discussed in the news or even by Christian commentators, you might want to get a hold of the book, King of the Mountain. The eternal epic and end time battle, where it is said that he who rules the Temple Mount rules the world. There are many players, many players, and Iran is only one player. Hamas is just a client of Iran, and therefore it's united with Iran as a player. But there are other players. Turkey is another player. Turkey wants to rule the world. In fact, today a piece came out from the top Turkish lawmaker. Sets out, he says, the only way to halt Israeli-Palestinian violence and bring about peace in the Middle East is to create a two-state solution guaranteeing a free and independent state of Palestine. He's the newly elected speaker of the Turkish Grand National Assembly, and he said this just yesterday. 
He said, it's now obvious there is no other way than this two-state solution. I disagree. In fact, the two-state solution has basically been waning in the mind and heart of so many people, so many leaders around the world, because it just doesn't seem like it's a possibility, or even should be. But Turkey is calling for that. Why? Because Turkey wants to be seen as the premier leader in the Islamic world. Why? Because Turkey wants to bring about world government through Sharia law. Turkey, unlike Iran, is made up of Turks, not Persians and not Arabs. Therefore, Turkey is also at odds with Iran and at odds with Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia are Arabs. (coughs) Excuse me. All three of these want to rule the world. All three of them want to rule the world in the name of Islam. All three of them are jockeying for a position, and they want to be seen as a strong man in the eyes of the rest of the Islamic world. So, Turkey, this gentleman, top lawmaker, representing Mr. Erdogan, who is the, uh, the top executive of Iran, excuse me, of, of Turkey, who has dedicated himself to restoring the ancient Ottoman Empire that once ruled the world for centuries and once ruled Jerusalem, he is dedicated to ruling it again as a neo or renewed Ottoman Empire under Sharia law. Therefore, they have to play nice and seem to be uh, standing in the gap for the Palestinians because that's how they make friends among the Arab Muslims. The Arab Muslims, then, are being used by Turkey, Iran in particular, used by Turkey and Iran in order to accomplish their goals. So they're using, manipulating Muslim Arabs in order to achieve their Turkish or Persian goals. The interesting thing about this is that amid the discussions that were just on the verge of entering into a written document, a so-called peace agreement, between Saudi Arabia and Israel and the U.S., Saudi Arabia stepped back from demanding any a, a Palestinian state. Heretofore, that was always their demand. Now they stepped back from that. Why did they do that? I believe it's because they're, they're Arabs. The Palestinians are Arabs. Therefore, Saudi Arabia did not feel the need to go in and play that game because they were already connected with their Arab brethren, unlike Turkey and Iran. 
Now, I'm sharing a lot of things with you here today to give a broader understanding of the dynamics that are taking place that you'll never hear on the news media. You just won't hear it. Maybe it's because they don't understand it. Maybe it's because they don't know how to connect the dots. Maybe they don't want to connect the dots. I don't know. That's possible as well. But it's important for us as professing Christians to understand, to have at least a a broader understanding of the dynamics that are taking place so that it does not take us unawares, so that we can be prepared, so that we will not fear what man can do unto us, but will increase our fear of the Lord, knowing that God is God. And he has declared that he who watches Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. That's right there in the Bible. So God is not slumbering, and he's not sleeping. He knows what's going on, and he's allowing this to happen because Israel still rejects her Messiah. So a God is allowing increasing pressure. The the Bible calls it tribulation. It comes from the Greek word flipsis, which means pressure. God is allowing increasing pressure, tribulation, to come upon Israel and the Jewish people in Israel and worldwide. Anti-Semitism is growing worldwide in American universities, in the entire Western world, Europe, America. Why is that? Because the world hates the idea that there is a people group called the chosen people. It is massive envy, my friends, that is driving all of this. You just don't realize that. That's what it is. This is not just a geopolitical thing. This is a spiritual thing. Massive envy is driving. The people that are challenging, uh, the, the Arab folk who are challenging Israel through Hamas, are actually the descendants of Abraham. Abraham's son, Ishmael. Remember him? And the Arabs have envied Israel ever since. And that spirit of envy drives them crazy. So, God said to Hagar, Ishmael's mother, you're going to have this son, he's going to live, and I'm going to make of him uh, 12 princes, but He's going to be a wild man. That's what the Bible says. He'll be a wild man. And we're seeing how that plays out. This isn't a racial thing, friends. It's what God said. If you want to quibble with God, then go ahead. But this is what God said in the scriptures in the book of Genesis. You can read it for yourself. So, Hamas now is upping the ante of their envy, kidnapping Israeli citizens, and taking babies from their parents. 
captive. Think about it. That's what's happening. There is such fury. And Iran is using that Arab fury for its own purposes. It's sickening. It's wicked. And then we have in the United States, the New York City Democratic Socialists, meeting together, celebrating the attack on Israel. And then we have members of Congress, the squad, all celebrating. Something's wrong with this picture, wouldn't you think? The Wall Street Journal said Iran spent weeks helping to plan this attack on Israel. I agree, it didn't just happen. Before we go further, I want to again reinforce the importance for you to get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. It is a $20 book, yours for $15, on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. I hope you'll get a copy. If you don't have one, get one. It is going to be absolutely fascinating reading. If you ever thought that you hated history in high school or college or whatever, you hadn't read this book. This book ties together the history of humankind from the Garden of Eden, in fact, even before that. Satan's rebellion in the temple, in the temple, in the, that is, in the Mount of God in the heavens, and begins the process of investing himself in humankind and the nations of the earth for the ultimate battle for Jerusalem. I hope you'll get it. It's on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. There's no question about it. The world is facing its moment of truth. What is happening with Israel is global now and is staging its final battle in the Valley of Decision. Indeed, friends, the day of the Lord 
a technical term in the Bible used to refer to the end of the age when God himself pours out his judgment on the children of disobedience. is very near in the Valley of Decision. And Jerusalem is the prize. You can read about it there in Zechariah chapter 12. God is going to intervene on behalf of Jerusalem. He chose to place his name there. So the rebellious and arrogant power brokers of the earth are determined to place their names there. And it's, it's the consummate spiritual battle of the ages fought in bloody array and deceptive chicanery on planet earth. In June of 2012, members of the International Israeli uh, Allies Caucus met in Washington, D.C. and called on the United States to recognize Jerusalem as the undivided capital of Israel. Then Congressman Alan West said, Jerusalem is the rightful capital of the Jewish people, and it should stay that way. It should always be unified under one simple flag, the Star of David, because that is David's city. Another congressman agreed. He said, for us, the greatest country in the world, the United States of America, the greatest country the world has ever known, to be fearful of moving our embassy to Jerusalem is a disgrace, and we need to do that and do it right now. Well, that did not happen during many Democrat and Republican presidents until Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump said enough of this nonsense, this playing games, this refusal to step up and be the nation that God has called us to be and to even in. Uh, take advantage of what Congress has already declared to establish our embassy in Jerusalem. We're going to do it, and he did. The first and only American president to have the courage, the courage to do it. And for that, the Jewish people declared he must be a modern Cyrus. Cyrus, who, back heading then the Persian Empire, facilitated the rebuilding of the temple, the second temple. He was seen as the hand of God, that is Cyrus, to help the Jewish people in building the, rebuilding the temple. When Donald Trump came along, they saw his action after so many, many decades of bringing the American embassy to Israel, to Jerusalem. They saw that as an act courageous like Cyrus's, and so they printed up a number of coins. I have some of those. The head of Cyrus is in the background and superimposed upon the head of Cyrus. Cyrus is the head of Donald Trump. That's the viewpoint that Israel had. But then came Joe Biden and undid it all in attitude and in spirit. 
This article came today. Trump says Biden betrayed Israel. He said, I predicted war in Israel after Joe Biden gave $6 billion to Iran. He said this Saturday night that Hamas terror attacks on Israel back on September 11th when President Joe Biden gave them $6 billion in cash to help fund its anti-Israel proxies in the Middle East. He said, I predicted war in Israel immediately after it was announced. In addition to the billions of dollars given to Hamas top funder around, Joe Biden restored hundreds of millions of dollars to the very corrupt Palestinian entities. He gave them hundreds of millions of dollars. Many people don't even know it. Joe Biden betrayed Israel. He betrayed our country as president. Just like his political father, Joe, excuse me, Barack Hussein Obama. Obama betrayed Israel, and so did Joe Biden. Now, you'll recall that Joe Biden made the nefarious, despicable withdrawal of America's military in total from Afghanistan without any real preparation, resulting in horrific damages to our reputation worldwide, to America's strength, and now the Taliban. That they have facilitated, Joe Biden facilitated taking over in Afghanistan, is seeking to help Hamas destroy Israel with Biden's $80 billion in U.S. weapons that he left there. You see how viewpoint determines destiny, friends? The last time the U.S. gave stacks of money to Iran during the Obama years, Iran launched a massive military buildup. This time, it took just four weeks before Iran's proxy army in Gaza launched a historic military assault on Israel on the Sabbath. Earlier this morning, Joe Biden's U.S. Office of Palestinian Affairs urged Israel not to defend itself from the 5,000 missile attacks and mass kidnappings and killings of Hamas. Now, the Jerusalem Post is reporting that the Taliban has requested free passage across Iran to assist Hamas in Gaza in its war on Israel. With what? The U.S. weapons and supplies that Joe Biden surrendered to the Taliban when he inexpertly, at best, pulled America's troops from Afghanistan in 2021. Piles of cash and rows of U.S. military equipment. Joe Biden and Mark Milley left the the Taliban as the U.S. surrendered to Afghanistan. Unbelievable. Rather than destroying the equipment before leaving the country, Joe Biden surrendered nearly $85 billion worth of U.S. military equipment to the Taliban. In fact, Joe Biden left 300 times more guns 
than those that passed to the Mexican cartels in Obama's Fast and Furious program. You'll remember that uh, horrendous program. The Taliban later released a video of the weapons that Joe Biden left behind the room full of stacks of $100 bills left for good measure. And now, we're being told that the United States is preparing for imminent, prolonged Israeli-Hamas war in Gaza. In other words, it's not going to go away soon. This is setting the stage for something much bigger, much more prolonged, and who knows where the dots will ultimately lead to be further connected. But ultimately, the ultimate goal, friends, is set forth in my book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle. Because it is a battle for Jerusalem, it is a battle for the city that God chose to place his name there, and the Temple Mount where God himself said it was to be his eternal rest, his resting place. I didn't say that. God said it. There's a vortex over Jerusalem. It's rapidly growing in intensity as we move unerringly, my friends, toward the last chapter of this age. Jerusalem was the capital of King David. It's written that the Redeemer of Israel, Messiah, yes, the Prince of Peace, shall return to rule upon the throne of David. He will rule with true judgment and justice. But Satan is determined that will not happen. And throughout time, he is sought to triumph over God's eternal purposes so as to make void the covenant of promised salvation for mankind through Jesus Christ, his anointed one. So Lucifer lusts after God's glory. His ambition is to rule the earth. And the nations want to be free of divine restraint. So, since the dawn of history, Satan has opposed the Jewish people, as well as Jerusalem, their capital. And now, at this hour of history, the heat is being turned up. Satan knows that the time of Christ's coming is fast approaching, that time is running out. The unfortunate thing is that our world and its leaders are promoting unprecedented rebellion against God. And from their viewpoint, they're winning. And the epicenter of the rebellion is what is called the holy city, where God chose to place his name. So, what's happening is not just geopolitical. The geopolitical is a reflection of the raging spiritual war that's driving external events, rendering it nearly impossible for the power brokers of this planet to connect the dots and comprehend the dire consequences to be precipitated in their blinding rage. Unfortunately, most Jews and perhaps most professing Christians remain relatively clueless as to the unfolding disaster about to consume our planet. Everyone, everything, will be and is being drawn into this vortex of God. For some, it's going to be for deliverance. For others, it will be for judgment. But make no 
mistake. Jesus Christ will rule the nations from Jerusalem. Before that happens, there will be a counterfeit, referred to as the Antichrist, and he will seek to make his rulership under the authority of Satan in supreme act of envy to rule and reign over the world from the Temple Mount. There will be a temple built, and ultimately this Antichrist figure, as you are probably aware, will eventually march into that temple, and after he gains dominion in the earth, will declare himself God, and all hell will break loose as never before on this planet. God said, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all people round about when they shall be in siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people, and all the burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, even if all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Amazing. And in that day when Jerusalem is attacked, The Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem and will seek to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem, says the Lord. Thanks for joining us. I hope this has been somewhat helpful. It may seem that uh, we've wandered a little bit, but there's so much to be discussed to try to weave together as an understanding, and uh, I hope it's been helpful. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. $15 $15 will put this $20 book in your hands. You might also consider the book Antichrist. Uh, it's a $22 book. It's also available to you for $15. If you get both of the books, if you get both of the books, there will only be $2 postage and handling for the second book, $5 for the first. Let us know what you want. Go to the website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. Please, seriously consider becoming a partner, friends. We truly are seeking to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final I hope you see that. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.